Welcome to Unapologetically Asian, the place where we talk about navigating through adulthood as Asian Australians. Today, you're joined by Tiana, Twee, and Remy. Hello, and welcome back to the show. If you guys don't know already, this is actually part two of our wonderful, fantastic, amazing conversation with Remy He. So if you haven't listened to that already, jump straight onto our podcast and check that one out. And if you already have listened to part one and you can't wait for part two, well, I won't keep you any longer. Here is part two of our conversation with Remy He. I feel like whenever you watch a movie, you can really tell when a cast has a good time or when a mm. cast genuinely yeah. has good chemistry or they gel well together. So I can imagine that being on set for Spider-Man would have been like an amazing experience. Did you guys run amok? Be we honest, Remy. No, no, look, oh, there's, there's no hiding this. Any any pranks? Yeah, any... Give us a good story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's laughing. Uh, yeah, He's no, a cheeky one then. Yeah. There, 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 were, there were lots of pranks. Oh, my God. You know, look, we, we all um, still have a, a, a crazy Spider-Man group chat. We're all still, like, really, really oh, close. Oh and God, stuff. Oh, what what was one prank? I, I mean, I remember when we were, like, shooting in the Prague Opera House and we were... Um, some some of the days can be really long, you know. They'll 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 keep mm. you on set for upwards of twelve, fourteen, sometimes fifteen hours, and oh, wow. and in this time you're not really doing much. There's just so much waiting around, and we were all of us like really bored in this um, place. And uh, word had gotten out that we were filming there, and as the day got on, we were just looking outside the windows, and the crowds were just like growing and growing. All these people mm. had, like written signs and stuff, and we <laughs> I don't know whose idea it was. I think I think it was actually I think it was Tom Holland's idea. Uh, we we we. <laughs> wrote down Tony Revolori's phone number. Tony Revolori, who plays The Flash in Spider-Man and also Zero, the lobby boy in Wes Anderson's Grand Budapest Hotel. He is an amazing actor and an incredible guy. So we wrote down his mobile phone number on a piece of on a piece of paper because like every time we'd go near a window, it was crazy. It was, it was like something out of the Beatles. We'd take turns at opening the curtains and just be deafened by this roar from like <sighs> all of these fans outside. It was, it was crazy. It was absolutely nuts. And so um, yeah, we, we, we wrote Tony's number on a piece of paper and threw it out the window. He, uh, yeah, he had to get a new number. He, he really hated us. <laughs> <laughs> it did get pretty crazy at one point. I remember like, so we were hopping around countries, you know, we filmed in London, we filmed in Prague, we filmed in Venice, Italy, in New York, in, um, in a few places in between as well. The production would do their best to keep like our whereabouts secret, like in, as far as where we're staying, because yeah, you know, there are some really diehard fans and, and. But we would notice that uh, sometimes you'd see the same faces like camping outside your <gasps> hotel, oh like gosh. following you from country to country. Yeah. We love fans, but don't be that guy. <laughs> also, I'm just like wondering, how do they find out this information? Because I'm sure like yeah. y'all are top secret as heck. Someone in the group who's like, you know, leaking out all this information. It's crazy how the fans get hold of that. Yeah, how how would they get a ha- get a hold of Tony's number? Jeez, <laughs> who, 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 who would leak this information? Oh my god! <laughs> I feel like we know from who. <laughs> this is taking it back a couple of years now. So, what was it like being on set for Crazy Rich Asians? Because I can imagine being on a set where the majority of people are Asian Mm. in Singapore that would have been incredible it was it was really like a belated homecoming for a lot of us and I I mean that in the sense that like every single person on that job like 
We may not have met each other or known each other prior to filming, but we all knew of each other's work because it's a small industry mm. and and you always want to support, you know, another brother or another sister in, 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 this, in this crazy industry. And it was like when we finally started like flying in and, and meeting each other for the first time, it was kind of this unspoken um, acknowledgement. We've kind of all had very, very similar stories. We've all had our own fights and our own struggles mm. to, to, to get to where we are. And with all of us, all of us have been that one token person on a very white set. And yet here we are for the first time, all of us, the first yeah. time in a project that is, this is just us now. This, 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 is our, this is our time. And that was really, really cool. And like I say, it was, it was, pre- it was pretty unspoken, but it was a, there was a really, really strong bond. And um, I remember the first time, like we all went out for, for Yamcha and just like how easy it was to order at the table. Oh like everyone's just ordering for each other. Ah. You know, it was like we had this shorthand already, you know, and, and, and it was like that. This is it. This is it. And, and uh, you know, from day one and until and, and now, you know, we're, we're, we're a family. I can't wait to, uh, you know, catch up with everyone again and hopefully shoot mm. another movie. Things so are in the exciting. works, but yeah, yeah. The experience must have been so different compared to, you know, if you were in another movie where it was like, as many Asians like within the casting or like within totally. the group. This this is what happens when when you have sort of token casting. It's it's like you are asking someone to carry the burden, the weight of of your entire mm. you know culture on on your shoulders and be something for everyone. And you can't possibly do that. But on mm. Crazy Rich Asians, it was like we were kind of allowed to just be everything. I think that's that's one of um, the reasons for it for its great success. It's like it was unapologetically Asian. Mm. It was. Did you guys know that there, or did you have an inkling that, okay, this might be the start of something really, really special? Did you know, like, <laughs> I know um, it's a hard question, but did you know that the, the power uh, of this project or what it would mm. do in history? Because it, it did make history. Here's the funny thing about it, right? We all knew that it was special. We all knew that we were being a part of something special. And, but you can never tell. You, you never mm. know how something's going to land. And I think so without trying to end game anything, I, th- I think that we all knew that, that whether or not this was going to happen again, whether or not we were going to change the industry, um, whether or not, you know, this was going to go on to make other movies or to open some other doors, it didn't matter so much as that we were very present and we were making this for us and we were making it for our community and, and that's all that mattered. And as we got closer to the end, like I remember having discussions with people and we were like, as long as we make our money back, like <laughs> just break even and then we can say, even. then we can say, that we can do this, right? Like if we can, if we can break money, then we can prove that you can do this and, and, and you won't lose money. Cause that was the main thing. At the end of the yeah. day, <laughs> you make movies, you, you got you gotta make money, right? Mm, um, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and it's hilarious to think back now that we were just like, please let's make our money back. And then, you know, it like made like, I don't know, it was something like 15 yeah. times its budget. Uh, mm. And there are the receipts. Diversity is bankable. And for so long, for so long, you know, hearing that argument, being like, oh, you know, it'll never make money. It'll never make money. You can't hire that person. They're not bankable. Well, we got the receipts. Asians are profitable. Yes. How did they not know? Fools, all of them. How did they not know? <laughs> <laughs> Remy, we've spoken a lot about your amazing projects to date. You've been also in a top Netflix um, animated series. Mm. 
Can you tell us a bit about that? Because I think that's really exciting as well. Being And Tui, you're fangirling, are you not? Uh- <laughs> I would love to tell you a bit about that. Yeah, it's smashing it. Yeah, yeah. So I um, was asked to do some voice work on this animated show. Uh, and I just jump. I love animation. You know, I, I, I've had mm. a soft spot for it since I was a kid. And honestly, it's exactly like an actor's work on animation is... is I don't know, well, if you've got any sort of preconception about what involves, but it's absolutely, we're just doing really, really goofy stuff in a recording. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and you have to, because it's a very dry environment. You know, it's a, it's a very like, uh, it's like a vacuum of space. And so you have to get like really wacky and, and do all kinds of things. And I was just like, I want to do that. That looks really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, look, I, I, um, I was asked to do some voice work on this, on this uh, show called Arcane and it was based on, you know, a really, really popular video game. I'm a gamer. I, I'm aware of League of Legends, but I hadn't played it and I, I wasn't like kind of like aware of the lore and, and any, anything like that. But um, I met the guys and they were just, oh, so passionate about the story. And I read the mm. scripts and I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of like unlike anything I've ever read. Forget the fact that it's an animation. I'm like, this is amazing stuff. And they were like, yeah, just wait till you see the people we've got to animate it. Like, this is going to be mind blowing. You know, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And yeah, so we, you know, we, we recorded it and it was, it's a very long process. Like animation is a very, very long process. This has been in the making six years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 I I joined the process about two and a half, maybe three years ago. They were so adamant on getting everything about it right. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a show about class. It's a show about, about magic and about fantasy and mm. about, you know, two worlds sort of colliding and all these incredible characters who, who live in that world. And I love that, you know, the, the quote unquote, the bad guys are, are, are so fleshed out that like mm-hmm. you see the motivations and like I just went nuts over the writing. And, and um, what's cool is, yeah, now it's out in the world and it's, it's doing amazing things. It's rated so highly. It's, it's one of mm-hmm. Netflix's highest critically rated shows of all time. Christian and Alex, who, who, who created the show, don't even have a Wikipedia page between them. You know, two, two guys who, who worked at Riot Games and were like, we want to bring this to life. And mm-hmm. they tried the traditional route. They tried going through TV studios and they basically found that people who like were in the traditional systems, just they, they didn't get it. And like, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they don't play the games. They don't, they don't know everything mm-hmm. inside out like, like these guys do. And so... Instead, they went, well, like you were saying, Tiana, they basically picked up the book, How Do You Make a TV Show? (laughs) And they taught themselves and they created Arcane and it's so cool. You've seen it, Toy? Oh, fuck. Yes, I have seen it. I finished it a few days ago and I just, I'm still not over it. It was just every single second of the show was just so stunning, so beautiful. The art style, the animation, the music, the music. Fucking hell. Music, the <laughs> acting, the writing. It's just an encompassing show of all the good things about TV and yeah. you know, everything TV animation just shoved into one show. It was just oh, it was amazing. I'm really fat fanboying of over a show that I'm in, but I feel like I can say that because when we made it, it's like everyone you know, you don't meet each other. Like we met no one. So everything is done mm-hmm. in isolation and you don't even hear, and this is standard for animation. You don't even hear the other person's lines. You're just getting fed mm-hmm. lines from like an audio engineer in the room. And then we had like mm-hmm. our creative directors who were really filling us in about, about the mood and, and they absolutely like nailed it and got some of the best performances out of an incredible cast. So for me, 
when I watch it now, and because it was so long ago, I'm not watching a show that I played a part in. If, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm watching like something completely new. And, you know, of course, I had no idea just how awesome that visual style was going to be. And then when I pop up on the screen, I hear my voice. I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell is that? And actually, oh that's, that's a cool story. When I, when I auditioned for it, um, I auditioned with an, an American accent. So the character I play, Marcus, the enforcer, he's a bit of a crooked cop. But like I say, everyone's got mm. their reasons to be. <laughs> so he has, he has a really cool storyline. Um, but I was reading it. And, you know, it's a very dark story. And, you know, I'm just thinking this is, this is like quintessential kind of like American film noir kind of stuff. So I figure, you know, he kind of like he talks like this. He's, you know, an absolute like American cop. And, you know, <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. That's yeah. so impressive. He, he just flipped that very well. Yeah. Um, and, and so I auditioned once with, with an American accent. I auditioned twice with an American accent. I got the job. I flew over to L.A. and I was in the recording booth with them and I started, I, you know, had my lines for the day and I started giving, like, my best Marcus. And they called Card after the end of the scene and they kind of, like, approached me and were like, so we were actually wondering if um, you could do that in your Australian accent. What? Like, n- n- no, no, I- I've done all this work. Like, I just imagined in my head, he's, he's definitely got an American accent. I'm like, oh, why don't you give it a try? And I was like, honestly, guys, I don't know if I can. Like, I don't know how, how he'd say things <laughs> if he was Australian. And yeah. they were like, look, the thing is the world that we're trying to create, it's not America. It is yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- yes. and again, this is, you know, I-, I had no idea who else was attached to it. And they have such a stellar, phenomenal worldwide cast. And they were like, we don't have any Australians on the show. And we'd, we'd love to have an Australian. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're asking me to represent, aren't you? All right, I got to do it. I got to do it for Australia. Let's go. <laughs> And so with that in mind, I was like, yeah, I, I, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I was going to say, I can just imagine you with like the flag on, on your back, just being like, all right, it's time to represent. Doing, doing my best Cronulla impression. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we flipped it at the very, very last minute to Australian. And, and it's cool now. I think looking back, it, it, it really is such a, such a diverse world, even though it's animated, you know. It's, uh... It really threw me off when I heard that, yeah, the Australian yeah. accent. I was just like, oh, my God. Is that Australian? That's crazy. <laughs> I, like, oh, yeah. I was trying to really hard to like, you know, figure it out because like there's there's so many different accents. Mm. Um, with all the characters, they all have different accents. It's like, oh my gosh, Australian! Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, and that's probably part of the appeal, isn't it? Like, it, it's it's a fantasy world in in itself, mm. and because I feel like <sighs> a lot of movies that we watch these days, or like animated and and not, it's like. It's always America saving the day. Yeah, okay? it's, it's 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 never the yeah. Australian. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's interesting oh. that you bring that up about fantasy. Like I remember being a really really big big fan of Game of Thrones in the first couple of seasons, and and I had this argument with someone. I was like, you know, like I I I, I love it, but um, but it's not you know like it could be a bit more diverse, couldn't it? Couldn't it? Mm. And they were like, well, <laughs> well, well, no, because like it's it's based in like medieval England, and there weren't you know there weren't like Asian people in medieval England. I'm like. Motherfucker, there weren't dragons either. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't use that. You can't use you that. Tell him, Remy, it's you fantasy. tell them, Remy. You You can do anything you want. They just didn't. Literally, they just that didn't so because true. they were lazy. If you fancy yourself a sweet, refreshing treat, our lovely friends at Scoopy, Melbourne's go-to bingsy joint, are offering our listeners a cheeky 10% off all their orders at their two stores. They have one in the heart of Melbourne on Guildford Lane and in Glen Waverley. So just use the code UA10 at the checkout for 10% off. Please note the offer is subject to change, so remember to check in each episode for the fresh new code. Woo! Thanks, Scoopy. We love y'all. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think there's there's a really, really great show out at the moment called The Great. <gasps> oh my Nicole gosh, Tite. oh my gosh, okay. Yes. Remy, I yeah. was that was going to be my recommendation of the show. Uh, this, mm-hmm. this, yeah, oh, okay, how look, good is I, it? I we can bet, no, no. Recommendation. Okay, you go. <laughs> sorry, oh. sorry. And we've skipped ahead. No. <laughs> but how good is that show and how good is the casting and That's the way that they approach it? Holy shit. It is so Don't ask fun. questions about it. Look, without being that, that bitch, it is great. <laughs> the great <laughs> is great. Oh, my the God. The great is great. Yeah. They, they, they knew what they were doing when they named it. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out, you know, that the great, it's written and created by Tony McNamara, who's, who's an Australian writer and show creator. So, um, yeah, the, the great was actually a play that uh, went on at the Sydney Theatre Company Aww. years ago. And, and uh, he, he made it into, into that, that TV show. How wow, cool that's that? incredible! And mm. wasn't he also part of the favorite? He was. Yes. He was a writer yeah, yeah. on the he, favorite. He, he wrote the favorite. Yeah. And you know, I mean, look, I'm not dissing anyone's work here. I want to make this absolutely clear. Least of all, Tony McNamara's and anyone who worked on the show. But just to <laughs> loop it back to what we were talking before about how brave we are in Australia, like the fact that Tony McNamara, like, kind of, you know, he kind of left the country to make the great. That was filmed overseas. It's 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 an international show. That's what they're willing to make overseas. But the, the, the TV show that the Australian major networks wanted Tony McNamara to make in Australia was Dr. Doctor. You know, and it's like, there's nothing, I'm not saying there's anything wrong about Dr. Doctor. Like, like you can love Dr. Doctor. It can be, you know, like, I'm, 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 not, I'm not dissing it, but I'm talking how we think in Australia in terms mm-hmm. of scope, mm-hmm. what we're willing to make, mm-hmm. what we're willing to produce, what we're willing to give people the, the, the resources to do. You know, why, why couldn't we make the great here in Australia? Yeah. We're not, we're not risk takers, are we? What are we? We're like outsourcing all of our amazing talent. That's what we're doing, outsourcing everything. But how cool is it that, you know, you've got like this depiction of the Russian court circa like 1800 something and you have people from all walks of life and it's just not a thing. It's, it's, it's not. just not a thing. And also, and it, uh, it makes for an awesome show. It's also similar to, um, have you seen Bridgerton? Oh, no, Bridget, I, no, I didn't. I didn't get into Bridget. I just, I just never watch anything. Oh. I know, I know. It was, uh, but it was that one as well, like the fact that yeah. there, it wasn't. It's not just white people. There's, you know, people of mm. color in there as well, and they're not just like. I think the queen as well is black, and it's like that's it, awesome. They're, they're making. They're just that's like you know awesome. what. We can re rewi- We can rewrite history. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Remy. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Remy, what are your must-see before you die movies? <laughs> one, of, one of my favourite films of all time is, is a movie called City of the Lost Children. It's a French film um, directed by two guys. They, they, they directed Amelie. Have you seen Amelie? You know, it's oh, very, very quirky, that. very visual, very, like, you know, left of centre. Well, this film is, like, uh, it's, it's one of the most visually stunning, imaginative movies um, where, like, a crazed, mad scientist is like kidnapping children from this city to like steal their dreams to give him invincible life. He kidnaps like the wrong kid and 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 the kid's like sister has to go on this journey to find him and bring him back. It's it's fantastical. It, like there's all these scenes underwater with a deep sea diver. It's it's just it's a beautiful film. It's a beautiful film. And that's that's definitely like a, a movie that I think people should watch for, you know. All right, well, I'll I'll definitely put that on the list um before before we make our way to the other side. <laughs> okay. And it's also a film that most people haven't seen either. It's very niche. Yeah. So, okay, we've we've mentioned this at the beginning just briefly, but you can cook a mean meal, Remy. You, you're not just you're not just an actor. <laughs> 
Use thermometers for uh, your meat. No undercooked meat with me. <laughs> you have a way with food. I know you were recently on um, Adam Law and Poe's TV show, which was ama- yeah. I'm, I'm so excited about that TV show as well. It's oh, it's so oh amazing. My heart. You've also featured some of your recipes as well on SBS. I saw that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple of episodes on um, on Adam's show, uh, The Cook Up on SBS. Ah, okay, okay. More to look forward to. Okay, so where where did this love from food come from? And and part two of that question is, what is your guiltiest? snack creation oh okay um it'd be impossible to say that you know my love for food didn't come from you know my cultural background and I've got two parents who are incredible cooks and cooking for me was was something that I I wasn't very good at I sometimes look back at my university years and just wonder how I survived (laughs) (laughs) with some of the stuff that I was putting in my body I was like yo that's that's not good at all um so it kind of came out of necessity because I was uh living on and working on the road a lot you know I was always in a hotel room filming something or shooting something and when you're required to like be at peak physical condition you do need to really look at what you're putting into your body and I wanted it to taste good and I was like well and you've got to really like learn how to how to do this thing properly so it started off small and then um it was just like all right how can I do something that's not just chicken breast and broccoli right uh, and so I started looking to the science about like, how do you make a chicken breast without making it dry and stringy? Like, oh, it turns out that there are answers to this. It's like science answers everything. So I went, <laughs> I went really in deep. Uh, and then I was in, I was in London for a while and I thought like, okay, I'm starting to get a hang of this cooking thing. Like I, I, I can cook some stuff that I really like, but I want to expand my repertoire. And I thought, what is the, the one most intimidating cuisine that I, I, I just would never even try cooking from scratch. Indian food, right? Like, I'm just, like, thinking about all those spices. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do it? That, that stuff is, like, magic, mm-hmm. you know? It's like mm-hmm. a billion spices. Yeah, I'd be the guy who just, you know, would reach for the butter chicken jar sauce from... from <laughs> because there's no way I can make that from scratch. Come on, get real. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I was in London. I had some time on my hands, and I went to an Indian cooking school to, to ah, learn... Cool to learn how to do it. I thought, like, if I can demystify this process, then maybe, maybe I can cook anything. Like, I, I love I love Indian food, you know. And and it turns out that really was what it was. It was, like, just a demystification of the process that spices, uh, you know, you don't need to be afraid of them. You just need to learn how to use them. And I think the biggest key for me was, um, you know, you've got your whole spices and then your ground spices. Whole spices, you want to bloom in, like, some hot fat, some oil. That really just unlocks the 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 aromas, and it'll just like that's just gonna oh my god, that's just gonna get all throughout the dish. And 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 the ground up spices, you want to kind of finish with them. And mm-hmm. if you're cooking them, you want to do it like very quickly, and then you want to start adding some liquids, otherwise they burn. So once I learned that, I was like, oh my god, okay, okay. I mean, I'm, that's not everything, but it became a lot less scary. Yeah, and it's then a good foundation, yeah, a, gra- a great foundation. And then you know, I th- I think that like once you unlock spices you really unlock so many possibilities and so since then you know I've cooked a lot of Korean food um I love Korean food Mm. um and like spices fried chicken I I I I just really like making my own fried chicken you know you want to brine that in buttermilk for for 12 hours and overnight and then you know you get to be all creative with your own secret recipe (laughs) it's really fun yeah (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I, you got me talking about food. I can do this forever. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, 
Okay, I don't mean to compare you to a animated rodent, but Remy, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Remy he and Remy from Ratatouille. Anyone can cook. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Anyone can cook. Yeah. So I've just got like a little rat on yeah. top of my head, pulling pulling the strings. Yeah. Literally. No. Oh my god, you guys are inspiring me. Maybe I'll move away from like blended meals. Well, when you were when you were explaining all of those spices, I was just like, wow. My senses are tingling. <laughs> Some of my earliest memories when, when we were living in Papua New Guinea was um, me and my sister and we had like dad's really big mortar and pestle and um, would be like grinding up the spices. And back then it was a chore. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was like really hard and tough and like now I, I love it and there's a feeling of... Oh, you voluntarily of, do it. Yeah, no, I do. There's there's a feeling of nostalgia to it as well Like, because we've still got that same mortar and pestle the in the family. One? Like, I, It must be a good 40, 50 years old now or something, which is kind of cool. Wow. Mm. Family heirloom. Mm. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, people have like diamonds and stuff and like, you know, <laughs> cute antiques. You have a mortar yeah, that is totally yeah. fine. I love that. Yeah. Oh, wait, but you didn't tell us what your guiltiest snack was. Oh, hey, good call. Good call. <laughs> oh, it's really boring. I, I've been eating so like, quote unquote, healthy for a while. So my guilty snack may not be that guilty for some, but it is a really gooey, crunchy, oozing kimchi cheese toasty Yum. Um, that sounds so freaking good yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, so when when i was in america i went to this place um that was started by chef roy Choi, who's just an incredible korean american chef and he like married uh korean cuisine with mexican cuisine and i was like what the hell mm. so, you know i'm having like yum, these yum, sort yum. of like korean tacos and it was just blowing my mind and then I had a kimchi yeah. cheese quesadilla. You know, he's he's very he's very famous for for his restaurant over there and and what they do. But for me, it was the first time, and it was like, this is fusion food, baby. And I was like, this kimchi cheese quesadilla is off the hook. And look, I'm not saying I, I'm not the first person. I'm probably very late to the game. But I was like, if you could do this in a quesadilla, surely like kimchi cheese toasty's got to be a thing mm. you know so yeah I, I i started making and experimenting with that you know also using like gochujang and gochugaru yeah. um and like so if you you know how like normally you want you want to butter the outside of your toasty to get it like that mm -hmm. really nice golden brown and stuff so i i i warm up the butter to get it like like nice and nice and almost to the point of melty and then you mix in like some gochujang and gochugaru so like some fermented uh korean chili paste and stuff and and you can even add in like a little bit of garlic, even like a little bit of mayonnaise. And then that's the spread that you put on the outside oh. of, of the toasty. Mm. And then, yeah, you just want to like load it up with your favorite cheese and putting the kimchi in there, you know, so mm. it's just like that really bright sort of funky tang. fermented taste. Yum. Yeah, that tang mm. that like just kicks with mm. the cheese and then it gives it that extra bit of texture. It's all like, you know, crunchy. Ah, oh, man, that's that's oh, my that snack. sounds good. That sounds really good. <laughs> this might be. I hope like I'm not offending any Koreans out there, but we make <laughs> we make kimchi mac and cheese. Holy, oh, holy! Yeah. It is it oh is off God. its head. It's delish. Remy, give it a go. It's I never so thought good. about this. Oh my okay. gosh. Okay, all right. Yeah. Thank you. It's Thank probably, you for the hot tip. It's, prob it's probably the same concept as a toasty. It's just kimchi and cheese. Hey, it's and so then you good. can put panko panko crumbs on there. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Delish. There you go. Get that crunch, <sighs> man. I'm loving it. I'm going to try this. So this question kind of underpins our podcast. It's the heart and soul of our baby. Mm -hmm. And we ask all of our 
guess this particular question, but it is, what makes you unapologetically Asian? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The fact that I've never apologised for being who I am. (laughs) uh, That's kind of too simple, isn't it? No, um, I love who I am. I I love where I've come from. And I think that we are all of us like torchbearers of our stories and it's not just us it's you know it's our parents and their parents before them and we all carry our story whether we are aware of it whether we think about it whether we want to or not I've just always been really really proud of where I come from and the people who brought me here um you know shout out to my parents and <laughs> I think I think you know they, they always taught me that as well they always taught me to be really really proud and to never apologize for for who you are because you're bearer you're the carrier of that torch why should you apologize for it oh Remy you have a way it hit me here this. it hit me it hit me deep here <laughs> If the listeners want to find out more about you, where can they find you? What's did you want to plug any yeah. upcoming projects that you're in? Where where oh, can they sure. find well, you? Oh sure. Well, you know, uh, quick upcoming project. We're we're going back to shoot season two of Aftertaste. It's a really funny show on ABC. You can catch season one on catch up on iView. Mm. Um, and funnily enough, I play a chef. <gasps> so okay, okay. that that's fun. That's fun. Uh, you know, we spoke about Arcane earlier. I think that's a really, really cool show. And obviously The <laughs> Princess Switch is really fun. I don't know. Look, watch them. You don't have to. I don't care. You've been listening to me for an hour on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on socials. I'm on Instagram. You can find me. It's just my name, Remy He. And I'm also on Twitter, obviously. Let's, let's, start, <laughs> let's start some beef. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> Um, just quickly moving on to recommendation time. So this is the segment where we talk all about what we've been consuming throughout the week. Remy, we'll start off with you as our guest. We kind of gushed over it a little bit before, but what are you recommending for everyone? I recommend The Great. I'm currently going through season two right now and I am absolutely loving it. Can recommend. Love that. Love that. And I back that recommendation. I haven't started season two yet, but... Uh, it is it is in fact great all the characters are very multifaceted there's a lot of it's just so ridiculous but so fun at the same time mm. the it's ri- so fun the writing is is amazing and it's so funny like you just usually period dramas you don't you think that it's just going to be full of drama but it is so so funny so definitely give that a watch and finally twee what are you recommending I'm recommending Arcane, and we did a whole spiel about it before. So if you guys want to know more about that, just rewind back, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 minutes and listen to that whole spiel. But, yeah, just watch Arcane. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> nice sweet shot. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Remy, for joining us. Oh, girls, this has been an absolute ball. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so, so much. Shout out Remy He. He was an absolute, absolute pleasure. Pleasure, Always a pleasure, never a chore. It was just amazing to speak to him. (laughs) And we had so much fun, didn't we? Time flew. Time flew. Seriously, time flew by so freaking quickly. (laughs) Um, We hope you enjoyed 
listening to this episode we're back baby we're back with season four we're Mm -hmm. bigger and better than ever before and we have so much in store so if you like what you listen to please give us a follow on your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a rating Mm -hmm. um, or review on apple podcasts yes and you can find us on social medias or mainly on instagram and if you want to talk to us slide into our dms go for it you can find us at unapologetically azn Well, that's all we have time for, guys. We'll see you in our next one. Bye. Bye.